This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parking or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play. That is that. What a good shot. Oh, my goodness. Far post for Shearer. Goal. McLaughlin has it. Oh, deflection. And a goal. Comes to Mitchell. It's another goal. Incredible. Hobble. That's the pod. And for our next trick, we're going to try and get a little bit more out of this game. My glamorous assistant for this episode is Terry. Hello, Terry. Hello, Rich. This is the gravest of graveyard shifts, isn't it? Oh, I feel like we've been doing graveyard shifts for, for a little while now, but core cool, blimey. Well, we'll start with Rob Dinsey, who yet again gets to kick off the pod because uh, he observes that there's more good news. Uh, we are mathematically safe from relegation. Hartlepool and Rochdale can't catch us even if they win every game and we lose every game, a crucial point indeed. And Chris von Roon says it was better, the performance that is, first point in April, a clean sheet, a few corners, a few half chances, Clayton head off the line from their corner, the sun shone, we're mathematically safe and we can still sneak the playoffs. My cup well and truly runneth over. Can I expect a happy LS pod? What do you reckon, Terry? Uh, me and Mr. Van Roon are um, inhabitants of uh, the same WhatsApp group, not the infamous LS pod one, the even more infamous London Reds Ooh. one. And let me tell you, I'm sure Mr. Van Roon will be listening, but whatever he's smoking... <laughs> Give me some of that gear, please. Oh, dearie me. I'm really, originally, 
I was going to record on Saturday night with Dan and we just couldn't get it over the line because he sent me messages and I didn't read them. It was simple as that. I was watching the menu on Disney Plus, which was very, very good. In trying to sign us and a half on. Uh, <laughs> so, so it didn't happen. So poor old Terry had to come in because he had the, uh, the, the idiocy of admitting he watched every minute of that game, much like myself, who was there. And yesterday, Saturday, after the game, despite all our dismal performances that have preceded it, I was irrationally annoyed. I was annoyed with Swindon Town. I was annoyed with Barrow. I was annoyed with some of our fans. And most of all, I was annoyed with myself for opting to go to that game when I could have had a lovely sunny day out with my wife and children. I was convinced that Barrow was going to come to press. They needed a win, open up, and Town would counter and and get a 3-1 win. We'll talk about Barrow a bit later, but regardless of where we are in the table, goodness me, that was bad for entertainment. Rich, I don't don't know what to say. We're going to have more fun in the next 45 minutes if we just do a 45-minute deep dive into the menu, which is a wild film. Oh, great. Yeah, completely bonkers. Highly recommended to, uh, to all the listeners. Um, it was not a bad performance, not one of the worst performances, but from an entertainment point of view, from a, from a from an event aspect, it was the worst game I can ever remember. It was <laughs> such a waste of time. Oh. It bizarre. It was bizarre. They. I don't know what did, did they did they get their scouting report wrong? I mean, they came for a point, but <laughs> like they they were never in danger of losing the game, and and we were just awful or absolutely terrible. No intent. It, it was it was like it was like watching walking football. It really really was bafflingly. Yeah, and, and when when I do the listeners' contributions later, there's there's lots of positivity, and and I completely understand that. Before we go into the game and Swindon, let, let's deal with it now. It's it's a little bit further down in the running order, but how completely crazy was Barrow's game plan for this? It, had they won, they would have been right on it because Salford and Mansfield bust both dropped points. It was baffling. I don't get it, Rich. I, I can only assume that they've not scouted us. And therefore, you know, on paper, little club having a plucky go at the at the, at the playoffs away at one of the biggest clubs in the division, go you know go we'll settle for a point, lads, and we've got three of our last four at home or whatever. Um, you know, let's just get out of it with a point. But a that was that was completely wrong in, to set up like that. But b more importantly, shortly after. 10 minutes or half an hour or an hour you you, you realize that we're really bad and you have a go it, it, it was very very peculiar unfortunately mm. what it did mean is that you had one very very poor side completely bereft of confidence and with nothing to play for and another side who had no interest in winning the game and the end result was was exactly what you'd expect when you put those two things together unfortunately yeah. Yeah. Swindon went with a 4 5 1, Brinning goal, Hutton, Blake Tracy, Clayton, Brewitt at the back, McEachran, Khan, Williams, Wakeling, Hepburn, Murphy in midfield, and Austin up front. Later, we would see 
Shade, Kaji and Darcy make small appearances in the final 10 minutes or so. So I guess the main news from the day, especially pre-kickoff, and what we learned afterwards is Joe Tomlinson is injured again, possibly for the season. Um, I think Crawley is the only game he'll probably be a possibility for. Terry, that's two loan spells, 10 games played and 11 missed during his first loan spell, six games played and 13 missed during his second, if you include the fact that he rejoined injured and won't play again. So that's something like 24 games out of a possible 40 is this a risk when it sounds like it's a very large possibility that we're going to try and get him on a permanent? Every signing is a risk, I suppose. The, the only thing with, with Tomlinson is that he will say and has said in the last couple of weeks that this is the first season he's really properly struggled with injuries. So um, I don't know. The, the summer seems so far off. I mean, is Joe Tomlinson a decent signing at this level if we can keep him fit? Probably. Is he going to put an extra 100 season ticket holders through the door no like it's not it's not the be all and end all either way is it really um so i don't know we'll see it, it, it is a massive risk because it just isn't playing enough football and if we are if our budget is is sort of upper mid table which we're led to believe then you've got to get you know the best the best the best value for money that you can in every one of your signings. So bringing in someone in like Joe Tomlinson from the division above not th- and, and not being confident that he's going to put 35, 40 appear- you know, starts in, in, into that team next year, that is a big risk to take. That definitely is a big risk to take. So it would be interesting to see how it plays out over the summer. I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a, a home run for, for any party at the moment. No, I, I like the guy. I see his potential. Do not get me wrong, but if if he goes and, and gets a serious injury in September after signing a two or three year deal, we can't be like, oh, I'm so shocked. What what how has this happened? Because over two seasons, he's missed a lot of football, considering he's only been at Swindon for half of those two seasons each, you know. So exactly. it's exactly. yeah. Yeah. Um, Charlie Austin also returned to the lineup. And if that's the performance that we can expect if he's being preserved, then well, well, we might as well play him, right? Uh, we've got to have, we've got to have a little conversation about Charlie Austin, Rich, haven't we? Um I, I'm trying to think I think it was in our in our group yesterday that, that I, I posed the point that if if Tommy Adeloy had put in a put in that performance, he'd have been hounded. He had been absolutely hounded off social media last night. Um, as we've seen in the past, as we've seen in the past, in the reverse fixture, um, coincidentally, it's it's not working. I mean, very little is working. So I'm certainly not going to sort of. This isn't finger pointing. Um, and the first half of his sort of spell back at the club, you can't really have asked for much more. Um, but it's gone south pretty quickly the last the last three or four games, hasn't it? And um, yes, he needs service and, and and all of this, but but also he is not playing very well at the moment. Um, none of them are, and, and 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 that's that's just where it is. But I think the first I remember I remember doing a pod with you it must have been the post Rochdale game, right? Um, where everybody but Charlie Austin was useless. I don't think that the first half of that sentence exists anymore. I think that's the big change in, in, in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, 15 games since his big return. Uh, he's not scored in 11 of those, and he's only got four goals in the last 10. And guess what game that was? 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if it wasn't for that Rochdale game, um, goodness me. And there was that whiff of a shot he did in the first half, which just sort of summed up Swindon Town at the moment, didn't it? Yeah, he was just a second behind everything the whole game as well. That, I think that, that That's the sort of thing that you notice goes first, right? I mean, we, everybody misses chances, everyone makes a mistake, but... I hate the cliche off the pace because it doesn't really it doesn't really mean anything. But if you were ever going to use that phrase, it would be to, it would be to describe Charlie yesterday. Um, but he, like I said, he's not the only one. I just feel like now he's in the same he's in the same collection of poor performances as opposed to being the one player who's coming out with 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 some credit in the bank most weeks, which is where we were sort of the first four or five weeks of his stay with us. Probably his largest contribution by one cross come shot which Williams can get to was him clearing the ball I play him a centre half why not can't do much worse <laughs> uh, but it was good to see Clayton back and I'm, I'm we're going to talk about the defensive display because there's been a lot of happiness over it but although he looked absolutely <laughs> shattered wow. he looked absolutely shattered in the first half but it was good to see him back I do like Clayton yeah I do there's a player in there somewhere I just I don't know. I maybe it was different if you were there watching it. It was. I don't. I, I don't get. And look, obviously, people are going to joke that you know I'm always rubbernecking and always grumpy or what, whatever, and that, and that's fine. But I just expect more than more than you know. I'm not celebrating a nil nil at home to Barrow. I'm just not doing it. Like that's not what this club is for me. It can't be. If other people want to take joy out of that, then fantastic. We didn't have a shot on target till the 92nd minute. There is no way that I'm going to lord that back four for a shutout um, against a, against Barrow, who didn't even try and win the game. Like, there's not, there's no credit to be had there. There really isn't. Oh. No, and, th- and there we have it. That was a, a great 12 minutes of padding out this podcast because the first the first 45 minutes as we've said they were fine in terms of structure and there were no massive mistakes that were made but like you say has it really come to this is this what we're celebrating now are we embracing mediocrity because of how bad it's been in recent weeks well if (laughs) the, the way that i sort of described yesterday is um i don't know you know if anybody if you've ever worked rich in any sort of um you know, tech development organization, you know, obviously in what, in what you do or any sort of thing where you're trying to create a product or whatever, you have this idea of being a minimum viable product, right? And that's, you get to the point where something is the absolute minimum, quickest, easiest way of getting somewhere that by definition functions, but is really basic. And that's basically what our football team was yesterday. It was a minimum viable product of a football team. It, it had 11 players and those 11 players could play football and did pass the ball to each other. Um, but that was about it. That, you know, The list of features needs a lot more work. So, you know, V2, V3, V4, there needs to be some um, some development. And and like I said, I'm just not going to celebrate that that performance and that result. You know, it's, it's like, like you said, it's, it's celebrating mediocrity, but it's not even mediocrity really, is it? I mean... Bottom half of of League Two is not mediocrity for this football club. It's abject failure, and I'm I'm not going to celebrate that. No, well, Barrow had a couple of chances which were dealt with by Sol Brin. I think there was a Whitfield shot and a Ray header. Johnny Williams surged into the box at one stage, and it, it looked like there might have been contact. And had he gone down, then 
he might have got a penalty, but in a rare moment of stability, Johnny stayed on his feet and he couldn't finish the job. And as I mentioned before, Austin whacked one to the far post. I don't know if it was a sharp cross, both, I don't know, but Williams couldn't get his head on it. I think that's pretty much it, isn't it, from the first half? That That is it there. That is, yeah. the, that is the sum of it all. Yeah, crazy. Second half... Oh, it was boring. Um, McEachran got injured. I I haven't listened to much of the post-match, which I'll take the hit for. I know Jody Morris says that we were the better team. He's right, but, you know, (laughs) as we've discussed already, is there any news on McEachran? I hope it's not too bad. Uh, Not that I heard. I I listened to the first six or seven minutes of Jody Morris' press conference. It was as boring as the game. (laughs) Um, Clayton cleared one off the line and as you mentioned enthusiastically earlier Hepburn Murphy had a shot comfortably saved by Farman on about well it was right on the 90 wasn't it it was 90 plus one they just announced six minutes of injury time where it was one of those great moments of where did they get that from please I want to go home as opposed (laughs) As opposed to we're clinging on for dear life or we can win this. It was just like, come on, man. Let us go home, please. And there was and there was the uh the uh, the Hepper Murphy penalty shout that oh, yes. Jody Morris thinks is an absolute stonewall penalty, and he's the only person in the building who thinks that. Um <laughs> there was very, very little in it. Um and that that was that was it really. I mean yeah, that P roller from from Hepper Murphy on, on ninety minutes had absolutely no chance of going in, but you know, at least at least we survived another game without a zero in the shots on target column. Mm. I don't I don't think there was there was much else here. So I mean this is gonna be a shorter pod. And the reason for that is is because it was just a game void of anything major. So let's go to listeners' contributions to show you how split the fan base were on this game. Austin going in! Well, it was coming in the first half. It's arrived six minutes into the second. A glorious scoring header from Charlie Austin. Okay, listeners' contributions then, starting with Lawrence Greenaway, who says, good possession, good clean sheet, no late goal conceded, baby steps for the new manager. The Swindon Badger says, went shopping with the wife instead. Ended up spending more money than I would have at the CG, and sounds like I was just as bored as I would have been there. Did get a Nando's, though, so I guess I win. Hmm. Matt says, copy and paste, very pretty, no creativity, won the possession and passing stats again. Man of the match, Bruett. Craig Clark says, two teams, neither trying to win, slow, boring and an effort to stay engaged. Yuck. The Lemma says, an improvement, still not great, but hopefully can give the players some confidence. Bruett, lucky to not concede a penalty early on, but Hepburn Murphy, unlucky not to be given one in the second half. No idea why Barrow seemed to settle for the draw at halftime, given our record. Clayton, man of the match. Tucker Jenkins says, last week's slight improvement versus Tramia continued today. We moved the ball quicker and with more purpose, and crucially, not back to Bryn all the time. Obviously, lack of playmaker and quality decision makers in the final third but wasn't for the lack of effort today. Clayton, man of the match. 
Tays85 says, We at least showed some fight and looked fairly solid against a physical side. Unfortunately, it's a fairly low bar these days. Flat quality at key points. Khan has to do better with that final chance. Brew it, man of the match. DM says, need more midfield, something I'd imagine we've been saying all season. Generally all right, but at least Tuesday night won't be freezing while watching Bradford. Andy says, it felt like step forwards, even if Barrow did play into our mediocre hands slightly and didn't read the script and score on 94 minutes from an insanely given free kick. We go again. Back to Rob Dinsey, who says that felt more like an early season Lindsay game. By far the better team in the middle third, but an almost total lack of cutting edge and the opposition having far more chances on half the possession. Kerry Bevan says a nil-nil draw, a point and a clean sheet, an improvement on the last two games. The weather was nice and I didn't need a hat. Fred, minus FIFA graphics plus clips, says at least we are safe from the drop. You're not wrong, Fred, minus FIFA graphics plus clips. (laughs) Patch UK says it shows how low we set our standards now. We are getting nil-nil draws against Barrow and it feels like positive progress. Today felt like we cut out the daft mistakes in defence, passed around without much penetration in field and really didn't threaten their goal much. Bang, average. Tom Elliott says, similar to Tramier, two average teams going through the motions. The only difference being Tramier took their chance from a town mistake. Clayton cleared Barrows off the line today. Sandro Clem and Angus are dropping to the fan engagement mid-table. Hashtag, where's Sandro? PCM says, opinion, we didn't lose. That is all, and that'll do. H the Duck says, why, why, why are we still playing lone players that aren't part of the future? No creativity in the middle, all game, long season, and still Slick Rick not given a chance. Bizarre. Still, better than last week, though, I suppose. Paul Temple says, more like the effort and endeavour required to compete in this awful league, stood up well to persistent fouling and afters from an uninspiring opposition who we will unfortunately be playing again next year. Man of the match, Romeo Hutton, who took unnecessary abuse from the Barrow Massive. Wardy S says, flat, ponderous 90 minutes, slow in the build-up and didn't look like scoring at all. Clayton played well, but brew it. It's the man of the match. Base master Thritch says pretty awful, dull, and completely uninspiring. One shot on target in the 91st minute says it all. Still, at least a point means we are staying up. That's about the only positive to take from that game. PJ says extremely boring. Not much more to say other than that. Demon Mackin goes for it by saying really shit. Andy Footner says considering our poor run. And them, with a chance of the playoffs, they were so negative. No wonder they brought only 100. Having said that, we didn't look like scoring. Tighten Up says, a largely forgettable game, but certainly an improvement on recent home performances. Probably clutching at straws here, but was this the first sign of green shoots for Morris Ball? Scribble Milk says, a better performance. Clayton made a difference at the back. Austin, for me, just appears a luxury, not really impacting the box. Barrow did, however, just sit deep, probably giving us too much respect. However, we desperately need more pace and creativity in the team. Still too 
one paste. Batch says, the effort was there. We didn't concede. We didn't capitulate in the last 10 minutes. They are all positives. But one shot on target right on the 90th minute tells us the other side of the story. Thanks to Barrow for being equally inept in attack. Ben says, not shit. Bizarre from Barrow came for a point in a must-win game. Bernie Man says, effort, performance, result equals three things we look for. We have seen all three twice this season. We saw none over Easter and we saw one of the three today in effort. So in summary, better than Easter, but still miles away from where this group should be. Fraser Blake, Tracy, man of the match, still silence from the club. Hashtag TikTok. Marky Sparky did what I didn't do because he says, I didn't go today as felt my time was better spent with the family. I'm pleasantly surprised we didn't concede in the 96th minute because when I saw there were six minutes of stoppage time, I assumed we would tank. Completely disenchanted, but will renew my season ticket. By the way, this is one of the cheeriest post-match comment sections asking for opinions you've had in a while. Things must be looking up. Steady on. Matt in Singapore, however, says the amount of positive comments on Twitter after that says more about how absolutely dire we've been this season than how we played today. We continue the hot and cold reviews with Paul Merriman. He says it was better. Both sides had chances, but we had to defend against four six foot five Barrow players. We didn't concede in the final 10. Barrow definitely came for a point, time wasting in the first half. Sat behind the dugout, seemed like we were doing what Jody wanted. Mildy, very vocal. He always is. <laughs> Paul D says, well, that's two hours of my life I'm not getting back. Yep. Jimmy Leg says, it's a step up from the utter dog poo we've watched recently, at least. Barrow honoured their namesake with their agricultural play, kicked and fouled seemingly without repercussion. Standard League 2 officiating with some very, very odd decisions. It was a throw-in to Swindon, wasn't it? We get this again next year. <sighs> Hank says, better performance because we didn't concede. Only one shot on target, which is awful. Things need to change. Home attendance below 8,000 with the away support. Mr. Spreadsheet needs to go and bring in someone who can build the team. Brewitt, man of the match. Pete Marsh says, man of the match, Clayton, as the entire defence looked more solid and for the goal line clearance. Something appears to have changed. Players and even fringe players appear more confident. Why didn't Barrow go for three points with the results going their way elsewhere? Some reason for hope. Mark Kirkman says, better than the dross served up in the last two games, but that was a very low bar. Players put in more effort against a poor Barrow side, but quality in final third was very poor. Felt like a Lindsay-type game, which is progress on what Morris has managed before. Man of the match, brew it. And finally, Ian in Florida, who provides a Virgil gif that just says, I love clean sheets. Thank you, everyone, who sent contributions in. So there you have it, Terry. It really is positive energy, guys, versus Jesus, that was dull. I, I lean with the latter, and I see why people want to be positive, because people like me, we've 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 made our investment. We're, we're close enough to get on a train or a car or walk to the county ground. I'm, like I said at the start, I'm, I'm annoyed because I did um and ah over this because I've just... Sh shaken off a cough it was lovely weather it looked like my wife and children had a lovely day out again without me whereas I'm sat there 
wondering what on earth I'm doing. Yeah, we didn't make a mistake, and I, I, I think that's that's the big takeaway. And, and I, I put like a, a jokey tweet at halftime saying there was more urgency from people going to the concourse than I saw on the pitch from either team in the first 45 minutes. And I stand by that. It was, it was just breathtakingly slow and tedious and I've used that Kent Brockman joke too many times this season where the guy's bored commentating and it it really was just so so dull it was (laughs) I don't know what else to say Rich I don't know what else it was it was what do you I mean how do the how do the players react to that how how do they how do they react to it like did the whole thing just felt like a complete sort of placeholder, you know, platitudes. Like the 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 build, the pre-match interviews were completely pointless and full of cliche. The post-match interviews were completely pointless and full of cliche. The match was a complete waste of time. Like there was, if there were six thousand people in the ground, I'd be absolutely gobsmacked. Um, the the program, the program notes that I've seen, everybody got very about this um, since just a bunch of cliches and a waste of time. Like there's, there's no genuine connection or engagement or, or emotion or desire or transparency or, or anything going on. It's just all, just make it stop, <laughs> make it stop. <laughs> actions speak louder than words. There were a lot of words yesterday, but the actions don't give you any faith today at all. Yeah. It, it felt like one of those performances where in training they've gone, right. Forget everything we've been trying to do. Let's just remind ourselves how to play football. The absolute basics. Let's not make any errors. Let's not do anything crazy. Let's just remind ourselves how we set up defensively, how it's supposed to go forward, and we go from there. It was like a proper reset to factory settings performance. That's what I'm saying, Rich. It was minimum viable product for a football team. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. Well, in terms of man of the match, it was a two-horse race between Tom Brewitt and Tom Clayton. Fraser Blake Tracy was the only other person that was nominated, all part of our back four. Defenders getting acknowledged. Is this damning of our attacking options? Because defenders get nominated for man of the match when it's been kitchen sink sort of stuff, and there was nothing. No, I'm I'm not having this, Rich. Sorry, you like you. It's fine. The listeners can have their vote on the spreadsheet, but there's absolutely no way that I'm endorsing a podcast contributor vote for any one of our our defenders to get man of the match yesterday. And on top of that, the idea of having Tom Brewitt, uh, concretized is that even a word? In the in the historical spreadsheet of man of the matches is just is just everything that I don't want this club to be. So <laughs> I'm really sorry. It's not going to happen. Johnny Williams was man of the match because he's the only player in red who looked like something might happen when he had the ball. Yeah, I've got no problem with that. Johnny Williams gets the pod contribution, uh, man of the match, I should say, and Tom Brewitt gets it by just one solitary vote against oh, Tom. No, Clayton. no, people. No. What's your um, favorite every time we talk about Tom Brewitt and um I won't know I'm not naming any names, but there was there is one enthusiastic contributor who's particularly enthusiastic when it comes to Mr. Brewitt. Um 
What, what's your response every time? I've already said it. Embracing mediocrity. Sorry, Tom. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, what's that? Eight games he's played without Swindon winning. Uh, <laughs> nine now without a win. But as they rightly pointed out, it stopped four straight losses. So hooray, embracing mediocrity. I feel like you've been mean to Tom Brewer now. Sorry, Tom. Um, <laughs> Tom Brewer is exactly as good as someone who was released by Morecambe and filed should be. That's that. That's it, right? Yes. Yes. Anyway, 8,080 were in attendance for this. And whether they've, they've you know, they've uh, fudged the numbers, it's still 761 town fans down from the Mansfield game, which is not a good look during season ticket renewal season. And we refer to Rob Angus's programme notes um, for this. A couple of curious or interesting paragraphs, including we know we have got things wrong this season and that you deserve better than the results we've been delivering. We are listening, though. You purchasing match tickets means we can raise the revenue to invest in the playing squad and turning up in your numbers, both home and away, will only ever have a positive effect on the team, despite that search for a valuable three points continuing. So... If we don't turn up, we're not going to have a good squad and we're going to be in the same situation next season. Is that what we're saying? I've got big issues with this, Rich. It's actually the last paragraph um, that that sticks with me the most. Uh, Stick with us and renew your season tickets for next term, as it is your support that will ultimately be crucial in helping us achieve our aims of getting promoted. Basically, we've been shit all year. If you don't renew, we're going to carry on being shit and it's your fault, is how I interpret that. Um, and at the, I don't, I just don't get that tone. I don't get it at all. Our support at the, it is the best it's ever been, and I will. That is a hill I'm willing to die on. In, in in terms of in terms of numbers, we we haven't seen average home attendances for the last two seasons since I don't know. I haven't got the numbers to hand, but I'm, I'm guessing early nineties, and we're at our lowest, lowest, lowest ebb on the pitch. So to 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 suggest that. The fans have to, you know, it's on. It's this is on you. This is on the fans to to, to, to buy season tickets, and if they don't, um, then then we won't we won't achieve anything next year. That is just that is so backwards. It's unreal. And the people who they're appealing to aren't reading that. Well, no, this is the other thing, right? Like it's in the it's in the the program. It's in, it's not featured anywhere else until until people started picking it up and tweeting it today. It's in the program, so. It's not been on any one of the, you know, think think of the best ways. If you're if you're in the marketing team at Swindon, how do you reach your audience? You reach your audience through your own channels, so your own social media and your own website, and through and through earned media. So go and do your BBC. Why, why is Rob Angus not on Sam Parkin's BBC podcast this Wednesday or last Wednesday? You know, the, in terms of reach, in terms of getting that message across, that that's the way to do it. A bloody what is that? Three hundred words in 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 the program that you sell a thousand of, if you're lucky, to people who are already there. They're they're not the people you need convincing, I can assure you. And the, and I just can't get over this idea of you've got to keep you've got to renew in it because if you don't, we're going to be rubbish. 
it, that that is just absolutely wild. I mean, it's it's not as black and white as that because we renewed last summer, didn't we? <laughs> oh, but this is the other thing. Like, <laughs> you know, this is the other thing. Like, um, that th- there's a line in here. Uh, let me find it. Um, you have my word that we will put together a budget and a team that is capable of promotion next season. You said the same last year. So, mm. why would anybody believe that? Why would what? we renew again? Why would you know we got fifty one hundred season ticket holders that read that read those platitudes and sentiments last year and went, you know what? We had an amazing season last season. We are going to go again. We are going to do it. I you, I will take you at your word that you're gonna you're gonna build a team that is capable of promotion. And what did you do next? You ripped apart the squad systematically, window over after window. You took eight weeks to hire your assistant manager. He then took another six weeks to hire his replacement when he when he got bombed out. Like, why actions speak louder than words? Like, those four paragraphs are completely pointless in the context of the actions of the last 10 months. I hope this answers Mr. Von Roon's uh, question at the top of the pod. Do you know what? I wish I had this, the this sunny disposition that some of our fans had. I wish that I could be that guy who just goes to football and it doesn't matter and happy to have a club and it doesn't matter if we're not competing and nil-nil at home to Barrow with one shot on target is really good fun. It's That's not me. And if that's a me problem, that's okay. Yeah, I, I thought I was one of those people. But yesterday when there was a, a family, a couple rows back, they were applauding every single pass that we were doing, not ironically. And it like it was a sack race at a sports day, you know. It was it was just like oh, I can't be doing this forever. I can't, but I will be anyway. We'll we'll conclude to say congratulations to Anton Dworzak, who signed a two year deal with the club. Uh, fingers crossed, we'll be able to uh, unearth some more gems over the next few years. Uh, yeah, I suppose so. And, and congratulations to Anton Dworzak on his two hundred fifty grand move to Brighton in September. Um, <laughs> It's it's I get the only notable thing about that, Rich, is it's a two year deal, not a one year. That's that's not normal, is it? I don't think. Um no, they tend to probably have an option um yeah. after one right. year, but yeah, it, it make I am for it, you know. That, that yeah, just, still, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm for it. So next year development year, Chippenham, Bath, Hungerford, whoever, and then season two hopefully kicking on, but it, it, again, with the under 18s, we, we just simply don't see enough of them um, and we don't see them progress. So hopefully that's that's a, a sign of intent with our youth team going forward. It's not going to be instant that front, but they're very excited about the current under 17s. So let's see where that takes us. Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, we need some green shoots for recovery. And if a couple of, uh, a couple of young lads coming through and, and showing that they can compete at this level in the first team picture, um, a bit like Harrison Minton has done this year, then then I'm all for it. But um, yeah, we we need we need that more rounded squad for them to for them to have a platform to to get their experience from, don't we? That, that that's the important bit. Indeed. So I think that will be okay. We've got a presser coming thick and fast, and Bradford on Tuesday night. So Terry, thank you very much. Cheers, Rich. The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork was designed by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. 
Hi, Alice Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.